Hey, it's Sean Fennessy. We've got something special cooking on the Prestige TV podcast. I'll be recapping one of my favorite shows, HBO's Barry, every Sunday night with the writer-director star of the show, the great Bill Hader. We'll talk about the show's wild twists and turns, its special brand of dark comedy, and how it all came together. So on Sunday nights, immediately after a new episode airs, you can hear Bill and I break it all down on the Prestige TV pod. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. And the draft is Thursday. We're almost here. So we're going to run through and we're going to figure out what's going to happen in the top 10 or so picks. We're going to just super easy task. Yeah. Easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to predict the future and we're going to build. We're also going to build the biggest possible parlay we can make of players who will go in the first round and make everyone rich as a nice reward for everyone who's listening. We're going to get to some emails. But first, I want to go through the top 10, and I want to do this because, honestly, I feel like that's ultimately the most fun exercise is you sit down on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, and you kind of sit around with your friends, and you're like, all right, what's going to happen here? And this year, I feel like it's more uncertain than ever before. So you guys want to just start at the top and kind of roll through this? DK's full mock draft is going to come out at NFLDraft.com. It's out. But we're, we're, this is the consensus. This is the consensus group. We're going to figure this out right yeah. here. Some little tweaks to DK's mock. This so in doing my final mock, and obviously the goal is to try and be accurate. It's a very difficult goal to achieve. Very few <laughs> people are actually accurate. It's all relative. Uh, it occurred to me. Great lead in. And it occurred to me doing this mock draft, I could go zero for ten on the first ten picks, and like pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah scenario that I just yeah. completely miss every single pick. The exercise of building out like a top 10 <laughs> that is like reasonable, but also you're trying to miss every pick is fun and all very achievable. Where you're like <laughs> this, this, I could display this right now as like, this is what I think happens at the top 10 and nobody would bat an eye. Nobody, like, yeah, like that's possible, but I actually built it to get all of the picks wrong. That is an achievable <laughs> Should we do that instead right that's now? That's actually more fun, yeah. Is there more of a domino effect this year than other years in the top 10? I think so. Yes, but also not the way you think about dominoes. So dominoes is like, you know, like <laughs> forget everything line. you've ever th- thought about dominoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw all the information about dominoes out the window. <laughs> but like dominoes, like, all right, if X, then Y. Right. Right. Whereas this year, it's more like if X, then Y or Z. Also A and B. And then if <laughs> if Z, then yeah. A. Right? God it's damn more, it. It's, it's more like the like when the line of dominoes in the weird domino video you're, wa- video you're watching on YouTube suddenly becomes like a huge picture, right? Where it's just like rows upon rows of dominoes all crashing at the same time. They like <laughs> stack the dominoes on top of each other and like those towers come down. That's the domino effect. This it's year. like if every domino had several dimensions. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like the multiverse. Multiverse <laughs> dominoes. <laughs> we really don't know who's going to go number one. So if we're doing this, let's start with the Jaguars. So yes, or this week, Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out of Georgia, officially overtook Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan as the betting favorite to go number one. I, I, we, I, I, we've talked about this a lot, but I, I think Trayvon Walker, it's, Nate Tice had a great example this week, basically being like in a draft full of doubles, Trayvon Walker is a, is a home run swing, mm-hmm. strikeout, home run, I don't know, high upside. We can put aside whether we think that's a good idea or not. What do you two actually think is going to happen? With the Jaguars taking Hutchinson or Walker, DK, what do you think? What do you think actually happens? I think 60-40, I'm feeling like Trayvon Walker is the pick. Um, and I think it's because Trent Baalke likes him. Um, the GM of the Jaguars. The GM of the Jaguars. who And he's he's long established that he he values length at the pass rush position in particular. Um, and, and we learned Hutchinson, that Hutchinson has little T-Rex arms. Hutchinson has short arms. And so everything else being equal, and look, they're both pretty good prospects. They're they're both very athletic. They're both, um, you know, ha- have that upside that you can t- come into the NFL and I could see either of these guys ev- eventually turn into 10 plus sack guys. Um, I would say Trevon Walker is more of a projection to the NFL uh, than Hutchinson. I think Hutchinson, you kind of know what you're getting. But at the end of the day, like, I think the the length thing does matter. And, and, and Walker... Um, I think he's more athletic. So, so, so 60, 40, you think Walker Solak? what do you think the Jaguars do? Uh, if it's between Walker and Hutch, like those are the only two options. Well, no, fine. No, yeah. Whatever. Whoever you think they take, I just got a thought though. I, the if options. they took Hutch at this point, I'd be stunned. I don't mm, really? think Hutch, I don't think Hutch is, is, is the pick for the, the Jags. I think it's between Walker and then their top tackle, which is Ika McQuano at NC state. Yeah. Uh, from my understanding of how things were divided up when we were sifting through these weeds, Walker was the GM's guy. Uh, Aquano is Doug Peterson, the head coach's guy. And then Hutch was ownership's guy, right? And that always had mm. Hutch in this kind of pole position because ownership at any time can press the red button, pull a shoot. Right. We own the team. We're drafting Hutch. For there to be such a strong move this weekend and then into Monday uh, of Schefter reporting, and I think... Garofalo was the other one who had the report, but don't quote me on that. Schrefter plus somebody else had the whole, like, I would be surprised if it's Hutchinson, Hutchinson thing, like at, at one moment that indicates to me that ownership told bulky and ownership told, you know, Peterson as well. Uh, you know, like we will, we're not going to make the pick. We're not going to pull the shoot. They still can, but that makes it, I think very unlikely because you saw that movement. So to me, it's between Walker, who's the GM's guy. And then Aquan, who's the head coach's guy. The GM is the guy who turns in the pick. I'd put it like 75% Walker, 25% Icky right now. Yeah. I, wow. Heifetz, I told you last week, I was like, I think if I got to make the choice now, it's going to be Walker. And, and it felt really bizarre saying it then. And it's like almost even more, it's, it's almost even more bizarre now feeling like kind of confident it's going to be Walker. I think it's crazy because we all just started assuming they wouldn't take a tackle because they franchise tag Cam Robinson. But like if right. I'm Doug Peterson, I still want to protect Trevor Lawrence. Like this is the most important part of the team. I feel like if I were making this pick, I still would take Ika McQuanu if that's the guy. But are we, so we feel like Trevor Walker is going to be the guy though. You said 75, 25 Solak. Yeah, that'd be my, my confidence gauge right now. Okay, so then let's say, let's put Trayvon Walker then to the Jaguars at number one. Then we can just kind of auto-lock in Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions at number two. I, I wouldn't say sense. that. You would not say that. He's kind of the ultimate, you know, knee-biter or whatever the hell Dan Campbell calls it, right? Aiden Hutchinson feels like a perfect Dan Campbell guy. Yeah, Hutchinson is like the, I would say the favorite maybe to be the number two pick right now. But I think I think there's a lot of smoke lately. Um, 
you know, from well-connected people saying that Kayvon Thibodeau is, is, he is potentially, uh, you know, like sort of the dark horse surprise pick for number two, even with Hutchinson on the board, which would be like a shock for everyone, I think. But even though we're going back to how it was originally. Yeah, I think it's there's a chance it's Thibodeau, not Hutchinson, with both of them on the board. Ben, really? right now, should I bet that Aiden Hutchinson does not go in the top two? Yeah. So right now, <laughs> you can get Hutchinson numbers over one and a half with like absurd juice, right? Like minus like 300 or something like that. To me, I believe Hutchinson's not the pick of one period. So there's no juice that is bad, right? Like obviously, I got to pay more to make more, but that that's that's the nature of betting. So... There's that over one and a half, which first just gives you the two just in case. If not two, then he's the big at three, or he's the big at four, or he's the big at five. You're not going to find any over under two and a half lines, but you will find exact pick Hutchinson at three, I think plus 800 right now. It was like plus a lot more a while while ago. Yeah. But at four, it's like plus a 10,000, like, you know, 5,000. At five, it's like plus 10,000. Those will be the bets that you would make if you're assuming he makes it past two, which right now, the the Jags a couple of weeks ago were the coin flip where it was like, you know, 50-50, maybe it's Walker, maybe it's Hodge, I don't really know. Now it's the lines of the coin flip. Hutchinson. Wait, so to be clear, we're talking about Hutchinson is still the like more likely than not to go to the Lions and there's more doubt than we're saying. Or are you saying that like you actually think it's more likely than not he does not go to the Lions? You said it was a coin flip. Yeah. And right now, if you ask me to pick who's take who's the pick at two, assuming Walker's off the Walker's the pick at one, I think it's 50-50 between Thibodeau and Hutch. And I think the GM likes Thibodeau more because that's that's what we've heard out of Lions reporters. That sounds like a, you should bet the over on two and a half to me if you can get plus yes, eight hundred. But that's the thing is you don't you don't get that line. You don't like Hutch over two and a half is not available anywhere, at least last I checked. But you can bet Hutch exact three, Hutch exact four, Hutch exact five, and probably one of those is gonna hit. Yeah. So I totally agree with Ben. I think this this was the hardest pick for me. I did my mock draft. I ended up going Hutchinson because it's like, to me, it's like 51-49. I didn't know what to pick. I just went with one that felt more obvious, I guess, because honestly, if you don't put Hutchinson here, it fucks up the rest of the entire top 10, which is exactly why I was saying there's a world, a pretty realistic world where I get all 10 of the mock draft picks wrong in the first in the top 10 because Hutchinson, I think, is a pivot point that fucks up everything. It's like it's that, you know, the the multiverse dominoes thing where if Hutchinson is there at three, maybe that means the Texans take Hutchinson instead of whatever the three guys that we think they're going to take. And then that means the Jets take some other different guy because they fell further than you thought, blah, 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 down the line. And then, so this has a chance, basically Hutchinson not going number one, and then maybe not going number two, has the has the chance to like make everything just a complete clusterfuck. <laughs> Can we in live in this new fraction of the multiverse for a second? So if we, suspe- I want to live here too. If we suspend disbelief a bit here and we assume that Hutchinson does not go one to the Jags or two to the Lions, do you guys think he will go three to the Texans? Would the Texans take him? Is that who they want? Yes, I think, I think so. I, uh, John McCain, McLean of. of- I don't even know what John McClane. He's just a Texans guy. He retired. Now yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. like he's just yeah, a retired he's just the man. guy. He's just, just John McClane. Yeah. Like this is not yeah, John McClane of being John McClane. <laughs> he is he, he is his own person. Yeah. He did cover for 50 years. He, but yeah. you know, he said that uh if one of Walker or Hutch somehow makes it to three, that's the pick without blinking. Like that's like two seconds, that's the pick. Uh you've heard a lot of Ahmad Sauce Gardner love, corner out of Cincinnati. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Now you're hearing a lot of Derek Stingley love. I think that Nick Casario runs a tight ship, and I think that it's tough to figure out who they like. Uh, I think trade back out of three is still possible. I think tackle, Aquano, or Neil is still possible. But I will say that I, have, I, th- I think if one of Hutcher Walker makes it down to three, 
I would expect that to to be the pick for them. Uh, and so Hutch at three plus 800 is something that I think is still recent, still available, and is, is a good bet. So we're going to say, if you want to see DK's mock draft where he's giving, so basically DK's giving, we're, we're giving Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars at one. And if you want to see the world where the Lions take Aiden Hutchinson, Go to nfldraft.themirror.com and check out <laughs> DK's mock that's draft. That's the choose-your-own-adventure I've world gone on. Yeah. Where Trayvon Walker goes to the Jaguars, number one, and then the Lions take Kayvon Thibodeau at number two. The Texans are going to take Aiden Hutchinson at three, and now the Jets are on the clock at four. It's all fucked from there. It's all so, fucked no, from there. This is really interesting, though. you see though, the so. problem? We've gotten through barely a tenth of the draft. <laughs> it's, not no, no, it's not all no fucked. No, it's not all fucked. This is fun. It's fun. This is it's a little chaotic, I gotta say this like, really lines up well with the release of the new Doctor Strange movie. This is perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The multiverse of madness of the NFL draft. <laughs> so I've heard so much about so the Jets need a receiver. They got two picks. They got four and ten. They need a receiver. They need an edge rusher. They need a cornerback. Maybe need an tackle. offensive tackle because Mackay Becton is not happy. Apparently, I don't know what the deal is with the Jets and Mackay Becton, but I read an article the other day. Put it put it this way, Heifetz. I read an article the other day where uh, Mackay Becton's uh, dietitian or trainer of some sort was talking about how the goal was to get him back under 400 pounds. Yikes. So there's a Zion Williamson situation. Yeah. He had a knee, a knee issue, I believe, and that his weight ballooned a little bit. He was already like a 380, 375 Wikipedia guy. calls him 360, so that's a big bump. Yeah. I might start. I might start stating that my, my weight loss goal is to get under 400 <laughs> and then just feeling great about myself on yeah. the daily. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, man, I'm going to the gym this morning, just trying to stand it's under the 400. It's the goal. <laughs> See how it goes. So I think the most underrated, because I feel like the Jets have been a very popular place to put like a cornerback, which I haven't thought made a ton of sense because the Jets, I think if they're going to take an edge rusher, it makes more sense for them for their defense than a cornerback. But if they're really not sold on Mekhi Becton protecting Zach Wilson, I feel like a tackle makes a ton of sense, especially in this scenario. Yes. Where we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about, um, what, we got Trayvon Walker, and then we've got Thibodeau Hutchinson. So the Jets get all their picks of tackles. I kind of feel like they would take a tackle in this situation, yeah. especially if they still got 10. Like, I know there's interest in them having Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, but he might be there at 10, a receiver. Like, uh, tackle's got to be the move in this well, world, right, after three straight defensive ends? Here's the thing with Jermaine. If it goes Walker, Hutch, or Walker, Thibodeau, Hutch, Jermaine's best edge left on the board. He ain't making it from 4 to 10. Right. Mm. You, then the multiverse nobody, multiverse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if, if you have the giants <laughs> at seven and five who need an edge, if you have the Seahawks at nine, who need an edge. I don't know if, if Jermaine makes him four to 10. So there's so a changes way their plan. Yeah. There's a way there is a multiverse in which because of one through three, Jermaine Johnson, who is a perfectly fine player, who is like a good <laughs> prospect, just like a good, good flash rush, good little prospect guy, fine guy is just the fourth overall pick, which is bananas cream pie. Um, but that's that's on the table if you get a, a tackles run through the first, or but, an yeah. edge run through the but first But I keep coming back to this. I feel like sometimes we get lost in the, well, the, it's like, it, it is not, that's how we do in fantasy football, where it's like, oh, well, there's so many defensive ends. At some point, you're like, Zach Wilson, whose everyone's jobs are tied to, mm. is going to get creamed, because if this is true, and their left tackle is over 400 pounds right now, I mean... I feel like they should grab the best left tackle in this draft. I mean, I, which way do you, you guys are the experts here? Would you, with the, if this is the board for the Jets, what do you think would happen if this, if these three picks happen? Three defensive ends off. Jets are on at four. 
I feel like they would take Ike Aquato or someone. Who? Do, what DK? What do you think? Who do you think? Oh, uh, I think here? it's going to be a tackle. I put Evan Neal. So in my mock, just to be clear, I put Walker at one, Hutchinson two. Didn't feel great about that, but I did it anyway. Texans, I put Aquanu, and then Jets, I did Evan Neal. So okay, but if Aquanu is still on the board for the Jets, what do you think they do in this situation? Uh, very good question. I still maybe lean Neil because Neil had, well, you know, they both have some positional versatility, but Neil has starts at right tackle. Um, so down the line, even if Mackay Becton does end up being a good player for them, a left tackle, like a franchise type player, uh, George Fan, I think, is a free agent in 2023. So it's not like they don't need tackles. They're not set at tackle at either spot. Um, so I think having a, a guy like Neil who could play, you know, basically he's played three positions on the Alabama offensive line. He's like a high, high floor guy, very athletic. I just kind of feel like they'd go that direction. I like Aquano a lot too. Um, but I think uh, in the Jets particular case, having a guy like Neil, who's probably a little bit more polished as a pass protector makes a lot of sense because they want to, they want to get the most out of Zach Wilson. Like that's the number one priority. So do you agree? Would you go Neil or Aquano or Dorsey? I think they are, in this situation, I think Aquanu's the most likely pick. Uh, uh, but I would say Aquanu and Jermaine Johnson are quite close. Um, and then the third guy that I think the Jets really like that is a potential for Sauce Gardner, uh, the corner out of Cincinnati. Derek Stingley out of LSU also deserves mention here because Stingley's mm-hmm. seen a really recent push into being a top five guy, but that's going to be situational, right? Stingley's going to be a guy with a medical flag. And so some teams will have him on the board and have him great as a top five pick. And some teams will not have him on the board, period, because of the list break injuries. That's always tough to know. Um, But corner has been something that the Jets have recently gotten run on. Um, And it seems the closer we get to draft day, the more likely it is the Jets will go non-receiver at pick four and then hope to get a receiver at 10 is kind of the read that that I'm getting out of the team. And for the record, so you don't think Neil is... Neil would be like your fourth or fifth guy. Like that's how yeah. bonkers that's, this. Doesn't Neil is. have some like medical stuff too? That's like yes, undisclosed. Neil is also a medical flag now. Where Peter King wrote earlier this week uh, that seventy five percent of the teams in the league are good with Neil, which is a nice way of saying that twenty five percent of the teams in the league are not good with Neil. Uh, Mike Garofalo said on NFL Network this morning that the Giants have cleared. Neil, which acknowledges that some teams have not cleared Neil. So that makes him a little bit less certain when you're picking him to an exact team, as opposed, except for the Giants. If you pick him to the exact team of the Giants, you feel good about that, which that's probably what I would do here at five or at seven. So I think if Solek's saying, you're basically saying Aquan is probably the most likely, Deke is saying Evan Neal. I think that yeah. is, are we fair to say Aquan is the, if because of the medical injuries, not injuries, but the medical stuff with Evan Neal is the tiebreaker? Could we give Aquan to the Jets? Deke, is that egregious to you? That's fine. No, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Let's, I like that. So I say let's do that. Let's give the Jets a Maquana. So to recap here, this is a wild mock draft. When we started the show, this is not what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> so we got the Jags doing Trayvon Walker, mm-hmm. which like, even that would have been hilarious to us a month ago. The Lions, we're having him take Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, the edge rusher, even though we've all thought that everyone has thought the Lions would take him for sure. Aiden right. Hutchinson for like three months, which now that I think about it, it's one of those, well, everyone thought this. It's like, before the game, when everyone on Monday Night Football takes the one team, and that team always loses. So now I actually like this. So it's yep. Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Lions, the Texans taking Aiden Hutchinson, and then the Jets at four were giving them Ika Mekwano. Yeah, Which leaves your Giants up, who will likely probably take Evan Neal, right? I feel that way, too. I, I think the Giants' basic calculus is that they need uh, they need an lo- offensive lineman and a defender. But in this situation... I feel like you take Evan Neal at five because the other guy that you want here is Sauce Gardner. But 
you kind of hope the Panthers don't trade back if the Panthers aren't taking a quarterback two years in a row in the first round and you right. just take Sauce Gardner at seven. So you probably take Evan Neal at five. Well, you, lo- you, you lock select? in getting a corner, right? No matter what now, you'll get either Stingley or Sauce if you want. I feel. That was what I would do. Well, right. So it's Stingley and Sauce. And then with Evan Neal, there's Charles Cross, the tackle out of Mississippi yes, State. exactly. Whichever group you have of those two players closely graded, you take at seven. Because if you're fine with both Sauce and Stingley, you don't take one at five. You just wait at seven and see which one's there. If then your tackle, if you have Neil clearly above cross, you take Neil at five. And then you know you get one of the corners that you like. Uh, I think tackle corner is the build that I would expect for the the Giants. Not like in that order, just those two picks somewhere at five and at seven. Wide receiver still on the board with Kadarius Tony question marks and Edge also still on the board with we have no good pass rusher question marks. Um, but in this draft, only Jermaine is available. We don't really know how they feel about Jermaine. Uh, we know they don't like Thibodeau. That's been reported. I'm telling you, there's still a chance Hodges on the board of five. And if Hodges on the board of five, then that's the potential pick as well. That's incredible. Now, the other thing to, to keep in mind here is I think the, we all kind of agree that the Saints want to trade up for a tackle, right? Because they got that second first round pick and they, they kind of want to go up and get a tackle. Do you, do you, are you guys all on the same page here? Because I think this, the interesting part is that if the Giants are this position, who do they have to trade up with? The Saints, the Panthers are a division rival of the Saints at six. And then the Falcons are a division rival of the Saints at eight. So they kind of have to call the Giants or else any <laughs> other team that wants to tackle is going to call the Falcons or the Panthers. And I assume that two divisional rivals aren't going to do a deal like that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like no one wants to deliver the Saints their next like left tackle. So I feel like the Giants are probably getting calls and could trade down with the Saints here. That would be too complicated for us to pull off. Wait, hold on. I want to back up slightly. Ben, did you say that the Giants are out on Thibodeau? Because I, I've i been looking, like, just reading all the tea leaves. I felt like they are in on Thibodeau, potentially. They had him they had him to their office or whatever. They had him to uh, their, their facility, I should say. They did a Zoom meeting with him last week. And then Dan Duggan, um, reporter for the Giants from The Athletic, said he has heard they have done a lot of work on Thibodeau. So this was, I actually connected Thibodeau to the Giants in my final mock. I've heard that the Giants have done a lot of work on Thibodeau. I have heard the work has not right. been good. They didn't like him. Okay. Right. Like when you do a lot of work on a guy, it means you, the previous work did not reveal whether or not this is the <laughs> okay. dude that you want. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah, one of those situations. Yeah. So, so shit. Okay. Maybe I missed that one. We'll see. Um, but that's interesting. Um, because I, I had seen that just like, I, I'm trying to connect right. the dots where it's like, how, yeah. who, the teams are meeting with this guy. They're having multiple meetings. He's obviously potentially going to be there for him. Yeah. Uh, but also this, this is a, this is a, like this, that's my read in the room, but this is a very classic head fake. So, yes. Well, what do you guys make it. of the fact that the Giants seem to have Charles Cross and Evan Neal kind of similar on their boards and that there's word that they might even like Charles Cross better than Evan Neal outright? So I like Cross better. I have Cross graded higher as a player. Uh, what that tells me is that if both players are available at five, they'll take a corner. And I'll tell you right now, if you know, if they, if as we like make a pick here, right, we're kind of like doing this quasi top ten. I, I would be stunned if we got through a top five without at least one of the corners going. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we are right now. But, but, that's but thing we're is, here like, right I'd be now. Stunned, but like, also, I helped make this, so it's very. So you this know, is all the other the piece of this that I think is key. <laughs> and in a nutshell, I feel like, and I'm, I know, spending a lot of time in the Giants here, but this is like a huge pivot point because they have two yeah. picks. They're, they're an important team. It's not just you. Yeah. So, so Derek Stingley, the LSU cornerback. If I were doing the Giants draft, I would take Evan Neal at five and then Stingley at seven because I feel like, in a nutshell, Derek Stingley seems like a better fit with. Wink Martindale, who used to be the Ravens defensive coordinator, and like he seems more capable of man coverage and stuff. But then I saw that Wink Martindale himself might actually prefer Sauce Gardner 
Does that make sense to you guys? Like, because if that's the case, maybe they take Sauce at five and then take Charles Cross or someone at seven. Right. I think that's a very, that'd be a very good drafting strategy, be a very reasonable approach. And it also gives them more James Bradbury flexibility, which I mean, it's really important to them. Uh, so yeah, if I, if, if, if you wiped the board clean, right, took what you didn't tell me anything about picks one through four, didn't tell me anything about who was available and just asked me, are the, the Giants pick at five? What position is it? My bet would be corner. That would be that okay. would that'd be my I had, read out of that I had room. sauce going to them at five. Yeah. I have I have for the entirety of draft season felt it was offensive lineman at five, no matter what. And then but I I am willing in this one. I, I will I'll let you let's do that. Let's do sauce gardener to the Giants at five. Well, yeah, because in this sliver of the multiverse, they can get Neil or Cross at seven. <laughs> yeah. So they should take a corner. In, they in this world, yeah. it makes more sense because even though I personally want Stingley, I bet that they right. don't. And so okay, let's do that. So let's give the Giants sauce gardener. Now, I feel like if this is how the board falls, I mean, the guys left on the board we're talking about are Evan Neal is still around. Uh, I, I feel like the Panthers probably would want to trade back if they can because they don't pick again until 130. But honestly, I feel like they probably have to take Evan Neal here if he falls because they haven't had, they've had seven left tackles over the, the last seven seasons. I feel like they'd probably take Evan Neal and put him at left, right? Is yeah. that right? They've had seven left tackles in seven seasons? Goodness. Yeah. yeah. This, if, they take, if they have a new one this year, it'll be their eighth left tackle in the last eight seasons. By the way, uh, new leader, leader of the clubhouse for most, this is two days before the draft quote of all time, uh, belongs now to Scott Fitterer, the Panthers GM who said uh, uh, on unavailability just a few minutes ago. As we speak, yeah. Yeah. Scott Federer, uh, quote, uh, oh, actually, wait, I want to find the exact quote. Hang on. All right. This is from Ari Mirov of PFF. Panthers GM Scott Federer says he believes there are a couple of quarterbacks in this draft worthy of being picked at six overall, and he would feel comfortable doing it. Rolls eyes. No, there aren't. <laughs> and no, you don't. <laughs> I rolled my, my eyes rolled so far back, right? That's sir. also <laughs> one of those things that I think the most underrated part of quotes like that is the question's always excluded. So the question probably was, do you think there are quarterbacks being worthy of taking of being taken six? <laughs> Leading. Which what's he supposed Leading to say? Witness. No. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple guys. Like, no, like you can't say nope, no one. He also said later later that like he, they've been calling teams asking like if they want to move off of 2023 picks, right, in trades. And he was like, and the answer we keep getting is no. <laughs> hey, do you want to trade for the sixth overall pick and give us future picks? Absolutely not. <laughs> we have no intention of doing that. That is a crummy idea. But it always annoys me. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, Tua really excited to play with Tyree Kill. It's like, yeah, because he was asked, are you excited to play with Tyree Kill? And he said, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's the entire offseason. Okay. So to recap, we've got Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars, Kayvon Thibodeau to the Lions, Aiden Hutchinson to the Texans, Ica McQuander to the Jets, Giants taking Sauce Gardner, the cornerback, Panthers were giving him Evan Neal, so Giants come back around and take Charles Cross, so the yeah. offensive lineman. If this mock ends up being more accurate than my other mock, I, I'm going to change it, like, post-draft. Post right. I, I get that. I think I reserve the right for that. I think that's fine. <laughs> we're no we're talking it through. We'll go full Chris Sims. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my like rankings. My rankings. <laughs> Pull them <up>. Clear. <laughs> The NFL Draft is here, and if you've never bet on the NFL before, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot. Because right now, you can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. You'll get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from, like draft specials, future bets, team win totals, and so much more. To get you started, here's what draft bets and NFL futures I like. I would bet... 
If you can still get it, Derek Stingley to go top five, Derek Stingley to go top three, whatever you can get, take that. Kayvon Thibodeau over top five, outside the top five. If you can still grab that, I would do it. These prop bets are just one of the many reasons I love betting on FanDuel. Number one rated sportsbook app in America. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, and they pay out your money fast. The app is so easy to use, and when you win, you'll get paid fast. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Sign up with the promo code RINGERFANTASY to bet the NFL risk-free up to $1,000 on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. That's promo code RINGERFANTASY. 21 plus in present in select states only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So that leaves the Atlanta Falcons. I think this, if any, I think if there's a surprise quarterback team, I think this could be it. However, I don't think this will be the pick. It's got to be a wide receiver, man. They don't have any wide receivers. It has to be like a So who's left on the board here? Because no, they kind of need everything. Everyone's saying they need a receiver. And yes, I know they need a receiver. They also, they, the Falcons also were so like last in the league in sacks and they have the worst pass rush. I would say by a lot in the entire league. I feel like this is where Jermaine Johnson goes to the Falcons. Realistically, I, mean, I think you're getting. Yeah, it's possible. I think you're getting. My two cents is you get a better receiver in the second round. What do you think, Solak? What do you think the Falcons do here with this board? Um, I think it's a wide receiver. If it isn't Jermaine Johnson, and if it isn't Kyle Hamilton, and if it's not a quarterback, and if it's not a tackle. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Stop having bad so, rosters. Dude, you have s- good rosters except for one position. Um, ben, make my as, job easy. As you started talking, I was like, man, I love the confidence. You're like, I think it's a receiver. <laughs> if the dominoes expand. Here's my question for you guys. In the last five years, how many, not even good, really good or great receivers have come after the first round? A lot. A lot, yeah, like a yeah. dozen, yes. maybe I 20. I have a video ma- coming out about this tomorrow slash today on the Ringer YouTube. Subscribe. There you good, go. The Falcons plug. can find that. How many good or great 
Defensive end pass rushers have come out of the draft after the first round of those five years. Dan, Daniel Hunter, Max Crosby. Uh, 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 Not as many. Not as uh, many. Uh, so why don't they take an edge rusher here if they're the worst pass rusher in football? What am I missing? I think well, the, maybe I, I they don't, don't think the Falcons are taking. A well, what do they value? Maybe more? they What's don't love. Maybe they don't love Jermaine Johnson. Ever thought of Yannick that? Unique Ngakwe. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> still naming. <laughs> He's still guys. thinking. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. If on one hand we're like, hey, Jermaine Johnson underrated. Some teams have him second, third on their board at the position. I'm like, well, why aren't the Falcons getting him? I feel like the only reason is well, we haven't been mocking him to the Falcons before. Carl like, Lawson I, got a big contract. Carl okay. Lawson. I'll, 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 get on, I'll get on top. <laughs> I so that's my vote, but I'll defer. I agree with you, but remember, we're now talking about edge four versus wide receiver one, which is going to move. Like you know, it, it, that's that's going to mean there's there's a discrepancy mm-hmm. in grades. Yeah. Um, at this point, I would be very very surprised if we get fewer than one receiver in. So if we get no receivers in the first round or in the top ten, excuse me. I would still expect it to be more round two. Uh, and I think the Falcons are a pretty key spot for receiver. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus is a player that I liked a fair bit coming out of Virginia. His his, his at on Twitter is at Lamade, L-L-A-M-A-D-A-Y, because that's how his name is pronounced. <laughs> Great Twitter at. Good work. Get the, get the pronunciation in the at. Genius. But for as much as I appreciate young Alameda Zacchaeus, a wide receiver one, he is not. They have their other receivers include Auden Tate and Demir Bird. That's it. You don't think that the undrafted guy who is uh five foot eight is gonna be the number one? Who's the who's the heir? They got Frank Darby, but they right? have Kyle Pitts, who's year, actually re- Kyle Pitts is the receiver. Here, he's so, a receiver. he is, but he isn't. You still have to line somebody up at X. You still got to yeah. line somebody up at Z. You can't just put Kyle Pitts in all the receiver positions on any given play, right? <laughs> I'm just somebody saying he's the in. number one. Also, yeah. by the way, I think, so the other thing I think that is important here and why I, I lean with Ben here, and I gave them Drake London in this spot in my mock. And the reason I think it's more likely, though, although I think Jermaine Johnson's certainly in play here, um, is they have to think, they're setting the stage, they're setting the foundation to build a new team, a new roster, and getting a quarterback that has a soft landing spot is important. Jermaine Johnson doesn't do jack shit for whoever the future quarterback is, um, and that's ultimately like the most important thing to this front office and to this team is to figure out like get a good landing spot, get like make this team good around the quarterback that they're going to draft eventually, whether it's next year or the year after or whatever. Um, so that's why I put Drake Leonard. I think he's just more valuable to them right now. Okay, so you think receiver. Solik, do you co-sign that, Drake London? I think receiver. Drake London right now is third of the top three in terms of odds to go top 10. Garrett Wilson is favored to go top 10. Jamison Williams, Drake London are both like fringe, like plus 125, plus 150. I'm very happy to make it Drake London. It's just worth noting that could be any of the three right now. I had. Because they need all the receiver positions, so there's not really any lead of like who they would and take. And also, the longer your time horizon is as a team in terms of competing, the more Jamison Williams out of Bama becomes attractive because right. you have time to bring him back from the ACL injury if you're, if you're worried about that to kick off his career um and i would venture to say that the plurality of teams maybe not the majority but the plurality has williams graded as the best receiver in the in the class before injury i have a question for ben so i got i bullied myself out of i originally had jameson williams at this spot and then i sort of just i think i overthought it maybe but i also heard and this made sense in my brain in my little brain that is just (laughs) absolutely things are just bouncing around in there right now i don't know what to make i can't make up from down there's multiverse. Uh, 
the idea that Drake London is more of a Arthur Smith kind of receiver because he's big, physical, can block, like fits kind of like what they're wanting to do more on offense than a guy like Jamison Williams, who is not a good blocker or what he's not like gonna, you know, go out there and and well, is that an Arthur Smith receiver, or is that just the Titans with John Robinson, the GM? Like, Arthur Smith wasn't picking the receivers. He just well, gets hired to coach that him. is the question. Therein lies the rub. I don't know. Yeah. So that's that's the thing, right? Is there's a little bit of chicken and egg between what Vrabel and John Robinson likes in Tennessee uh, versus what Arthur Smith was put into. Uh there's there they moved off of Julio, right? One of the first things they did when Smith was there. Now, some of that was Julio wanted out, but if if Smith was going to prioritize big receivers who can run routes and and like obviously like block not there for Julio in, in the late stage of his career wasn't going to block but like big receivers who can actually like run breaking routes trading Julio Jones is the dumbest thing ever now Julio didn't work for the Titans right Julio didn't get healthy and didn't break but like that didn't make sense so I don't think he Smith's going to feel like he needs to get that prototype of receiver that much mm-hmm. but it does give more steam to London than than it does for like other teams, right? The Jets are kind of a similar situation where, you know, they're running the San Francisco offense. Receivers got to be able to block, right? You need to have that that guy who can do it, but they already have their Corey Davis. And so right. that's where like Garrett Wilson and James Williams become more viable to the Jets as well. I I I will see the Jermaine Johnson part. I, I feel like based on what you guys have said, my heart after listening to both of you says Jamison Williams here. I like That's the point fair. that they're not going to be good this originally. year. This is a gap year for them, quarterback-wise, that might as well just get like the guy who would have been the best receiver in the class had he been healthy and weighed. Listen, if you have a gap year quarterback-wise, you might as well get the best quarterback, is my yeah. personal <laughs> opinion. But apparently that's not going to happen. So Fal- let's give the Falcons Jameson Williams from Alabama. All right, Deacon, now the Seahawks are up at nine. Uh-oh. This is a good situation. This is a good situation for the Seahawks and for the most part because you got multiple... Well, you have Jermaine Johnson still out there. You have multiple... Uh, receivers still out there. You have Stingley still out there, right? We yep. didn't give him to yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah. This is a perfect situation for the Seahawks. Then I feel good so, about so this. So we give the Seahawks to give Stingley to the Seahawks. You think that would be my preference over a guy like, um, well, anyone else really? Yes. No, not your preference. What do you think the Seahawks will do? Oh, probably something stupid. Trevor Penning. Or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you actually? No, not like. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, no, no, no. I, I truly believe do? that they have a terrible first round. So, process. in this scenario, if Derek Singley's available, you think they would still take Trevor Penning? I think that there's a very realistic chance they'd take uh, Trevor Penning over Stingley because number one, the, the highest they've ever picked a corner is like ninety something. Um, <laughs> that Griffin. sounds. That's a good reason. And number two. They don't have a left tackle or a right tackle on their roster currently. Well, they All do. Right, well, they, it sounds like Trevor Penning to the Seahawks. See, <laughs> and you don't God. want to sniff a quarterback here? Uh, I would rather have them take like a Malik Willis, I think, than a Trevor Penning. I yeah. feel like they really believe in Drew Locke. Everyone just thinks that they're like, I've heard this, and ha- like yes, they, I have heard this from multiple reporters. Like people are pretty plugged in or like, like they're not just saying they like Drew Locke. They lack. They actually like Drew. Oh, Locke. I can't yeah, wait. I, I really think they do. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. Right, if you really think Trevor Penning here, I see. No, Stingley. I don't. All let's. Right. I don't want to manifest this. Let's give him yeah. freaking Stingley. No, Stingley no, no I, I, we're doing what? No, we're. This is gonna work. This is gonna be real mock. I put but, Stingley in my mock. I actually believe there's a chance they they finally deviate from their don't take corners high thing. If and, Stingley were here and they didn't take him, I'd be stunned. Yeah, so Stingley. Which I know I've Stingley said like in. six times on this podcast. Even though man. DK just was like, they have no left or right tackle and they haven't taken a quarterback above 90 in like 10 years. <laughs> Listen, 
Yeah. It's a chaos draft year. All right. Everybody could do everything. They have a new scheme too, so maybe it yeah. makes a difference. I don't know. If there's a if there if Seattle is a chaos draft team, they never do what anybody should do. But in a chaos <laughs> year, the chaos team will be the team who does what should be done. You understand <laughs> where I'm at. Right <laughs> this now. is like the galaxy brain. I love double it. Double negative. Okay. <laughs> The, they are going. They always zig where everyone zags, but this year everyone you know is zagging, so they are zigging. You know what? That makes sense. You know yes. why? It reminds me of the Knicks because the Seahawks fans have all talked themselves into like Trevor Penning, and they all already hate him. But the thing is that when you do that, when you when you're a fan of one of those teams, people know what I'm talking about right now. When you're a fan of a team that always screws up, and then you lower expectations, they always go lower. They always, they always, they God always break it. it somehow. We had but, low expectations, but holy fuck. You ever you yeah. remember that sign? I guess they're not quite as bad as the <laughs> Knicks, who I was thinking of. Um, oh, boy. I will, oh, okay. All right. So we're going to get Derek. St- this feels wrong. This feels, feels where we go off course. I've been Derek feeling St- that way for a while. That means this will be the most accurate mock. Well, okay. We so let me. So besides Stingley and besides Penning, because I don't, I don't want to manifest that. Like the other options here are a receiver, which I highly doubt. No, no um, Jermaine Johnson, which is pretty, lo- it's logical, and I could absolutely see them doing that. Um, and I would be fine with it. I think Jordan Davis is another guy that they like a lot. Um, Jamison Williams after they trade DK Metcalf. Not wait, not we already DK. gave Jamison Williams to the uh, to the Falcons. I, I know. I was I was mostly just saying that to be annoying. So the Jets, because here's the thing: if we give the Seahawks Stingley, <laughs> then the Jets get if me. the Jets get J- uh, Jermaine Johnson like locked in, right? If he falls yeah. to them at ten. Yeah, so, Jermaine at 10 is nice. Part of me is like, that's too easy. I feel like the Seahawks might take Jermaine Johnson. So I guess Jermaine or Stingley. What do we think here? We're going to lock in Stingley? I think it would be Stingley if Stingley got to the midnight. Okay. So let's give the Seahawks Stingley, and we're going to just lock in the Jets to get Jermaine Johnson at 10. I think there's a chance it's a receiver, though. Over Jermaine Johnson? Yeah. Even though they thought about him at four? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems to me like they are head over heels for Jermaine. Um, My thing with the Jets is they had the worst defense in football last year. They gave up 500 points. They had most yards allowed, most points, most first downs. They hired Salah as their head coach to be a defensive coordinator. I kind of feel like they have to fix that. And the first draft they had was all about Zach Wilson. They're the worst receivers in the world. Like, they don't have Auden Tate and Zacchaeus. Like, I they know. tried to trade their entire fucking draft for uh, Tyreek Hill. Yes, they did. Yeah, but I also do think... do it again with Debo. That's not true. They actually were yeah. going to keep the, both of their top picks. But That's the thing. Um, and I think that, look, they, the first two first-round picks last year, they, used, they, got, um, they got good old Zach Wilson. And then they got Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm-hmm. So that's a lineman. And then they got Elijah Moore to help Zach Wilson. In this mock, we're giving him Ika McQuanu. So now they've all their top draft capital has been the offense. Meanwhile, the defense is already the worst in the league. I feel like they'd have to go defense. I disagree. I think there's nothing more important than making Zach Wilson good. If Zach Wilson sucks, they're fucking fired. It doesn't matter what their defense <laughs> does. <laughs> that's not all right, so like, you're the tiebreaker here. Jermaine Johnson or receiver of your choice? Or Drake London, I guess, is the guy. Jermaine. Wow. Okay. Jermaine. Do you think that there's a, are you like a little bit weirded out that like the Jets Jermaine smoke is like a little bit too much right now? Feels like a plant. The, the, the degree to which it's happened over the last 24 hours is, is a lot and is weird, but I also heard <laughs> yeah. that they liked him before that. Okay. Right. That, so to me, it's good. like, you know, a lot of people have maybe like just somebody dropped over the shouldn't have dropped it. Here's the weird thing about draft smoke is you never know what to believe because sometimes you're like, oh, are they like, it's, you don't really know people's intentions. Sometimes shit just happens. Like you're like, oh, well, we're just hearing this before the draft. I will never forget the week of the draft in 2018 when everyone's like, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to go number one to the Browns. And we were like, no Shut way. Up. This is draft smoke screen. And then <laughs> yeah. he did. 
And it's like, yeah, sometimes you just learn. No, stuff. it like, was Dar. It was Darnold for three months or whatever, and, and then for for like a week or a couple of days, it was Josh Allen, and we all laughed and laughed. And then it was Baker Mayfield. It, this is the draft process. I just, you know, I yes. love it and I hate it. Which, by the way, brings me to my maybe my final point on our top ten here, which is there are no quarterbacks in it. Yep. Between now and Thursday, there will be a rumor that there's a quarterback who's going to go top 10. <laughs> and I probably kind of believe it. I don't know. I, every time I do one of these, I finish them. I finish the top 10. It all makes sense. And I look at the fact that there are no quarterbacks and I go, that's not going to happen. It just isn't. We, we are, we did EJ Manuel with the 16th overall pick in 2013. And then since then, it's just not happened. And, and with, with, there is nothing in the world, in the world of NFL football, better than a rookie quarterback contract. And you're telling me teams are going to wait? I get that, gonna- but I, I I disagree with you because I think that you, all the logic's right. I think that just this happens every now and then. Like it happens, it seems, once every 10 years. There's a terrible quarterback class. This is the bad quarterback class. And so I think that we're all, I, I, I was on that initially. I thought the quarterbacks would rise. I just don't think there will be. Honestly, I think the first quarterback will be Desmond Ritter to the Steelers at 20, which I think you've convinced me Ritter is going to be the best quarterback. And if the Steelers don't take him, I think it's Desmond Ritter to like the Titans. Because I think that what we're forgetting is that when you do this, you're, these guys are also staking their careers to this. People have worked their whole lives to be a GM, to be a head coach, and that you're hitching your wagon to this dude. And then sometimes every 10 years, a, a year comes along where it's like, yeah, none of these dudes really seem like hitching your wagon to with this high. I think that, Ritter's the only I, I think there's a world where Ritter's the only quarterback in the first round see so that that I definitely disagree with I think we're gonna see a lot of movement out of the end of the uh, the top of the second round back to the end of the first round because the fifth year contract how thing valuable the fifth year option That's fair. is right but my right I think everything you said is true and correct it is a bad quarterback class and it is not the quarterback class to invest in and whatever and then I think the clock starts on the Jaguars pick on Thursday <laughs> and you're Mickey Loomis or Kevin Colbert or freaking like Ron Rivera, Marty Herney with Washington or whomever, right? Seahawks have been rooming around the quarterbacks and you have to sit there and wait and just every pick off the board, hope that one of those other dudes did not get on the phone, move up and you know, it's going to be a cheap year to move up and go and take your guy. That, that, that is Michael Scott, Dwight and Andy in the office, holding all their guns at each other, poking them up and then slowly <laughs> lowering them down and poking them back up again, slowly lowering them down. That is a hard game to play. And you said these guys don't want to get fired. I agree. Missing on the quarterback that you loved hurts. It sits on you. It sticks. I watched the Eagles talk about Russell Wilson for the last decade. Oh, we were almost <laughs> about to say, we loved Russell Wilson. Yeah, you let him get into the third round, Tiger. Teams don't like to wait. They don't want it. It is a scary proposition. It's hard to do. Uh, and so I think that all of that kind of goes out the window a little bit once the, you know, like everybody's got a plan until, what's the expression, You get punched right? in the mouth, which is yeah, a Mike exactly. Tyson quote, so maybe not the week for that, but yeah. Yeah. It's going to feel like we can wait until that clock starts to tick and there starts to be that eerie silence. And then I think we're going to see teams get edgy for a quarterback. Okay. I, I I have been radicalized by you, though, that I think Desmond Ritter is the best quarterback in this class. And I think that if he goes to a good team like the Steelers or the Saints or even the Titans, maybe I think that he'll be really good. Not really good. He'll be good. That's it. Uh, and I I don't know. I just think it's going to be a while. OK, do you guys want to talk about any potential trades? 
that could develop sure. because I think that that's what we're missing. The one report, there was a report from Aaron Nagler that the Packers wanted Darren Waller, the Raiders tight end in the Devontae Adams trade. And then basically there's all these like technicalities. Originally the trade was going to be Devontae Adams to the Raiders for the Raiders first rounder and Darren Waller. There's like technicalities that because Devontae Adams hadn't signed his franchise tag that you can't include a player black is rules, whatever. So apparently they flipped it from a first and Waller to a first and a second. And now the Packers are debating sending the second, the Raiders give them back to Vegas and that Vegas will give them Waller. So that obvious, I guess the Packers are probably waiting for, you know, to see how the draft develops. So I want to ask you this, who's like the best receiver in this draft? Like, where's the line of the receivers you would not want for Darren Waller? Or I guess, how many of these guys would you rather have than Darren Waller? We're including contracts here. Is it like three receivers, 12 receivers? I'm counting him as a receiver overall. And the Packers have the 22nd pick from the Raiders. Even into the, the second round. I'm talking like well, the top they're not 55 give up a first or so. For him. Yeah, they uh, give him the second. I'm like top 55 next, picks or so. The next two years on Darren Waller's deal are 6.8 million and 7 million. That's such a deal. And there's yeah. no there's no dead cap on that, which doesn't like matter. Actually, what it matters is it means that most of that money is base salary, which means that he has no guaranteed money right now, which means that he would restructure for guaranteed money. Uh, I would take Darren Waller before every single receiver in this draft. <laughs> yes, I think so. In a really? Heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's 30, which is tricky. But if I'm the Packers, especially, and I expect to have two more years of Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is 38. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a problem. I'll take Waller <laughs> Even if before. he comes back and wants to be paid top two tight end in the NFL. Well, what, 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 the top two tight end doesn't worry me. If it was top two 18, receiver, give, I'd be a He wants more $17 scaring. million dollars a year. Yeah, all right. So tight end contracts, oh, this is not the right thing. Freaking make your sites easier to navigate. <laughs> Hang on. Ben He's 29 he, right now. Ben can be, navigate, he can navigate the the betting sites like it's his fucking job. But. Waller's 30 in September. Yeah. Right, which like, you know, if I were if I were building a team from scratch, that would bother me a little bit with the Packers, not as much. Um, the top paid tight end is George Kittle at 15 million. Then Travis Kelsey at 14.3. Dallas Goddard, 14.2. Mark Andrews at 14. Oh, Dallas Goddard. Five, yeah. 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 Attaboy, Dallas. Isn't there, <laughs> isn't there, there's something else that's kind of like included in this argument is like, hasn't Aaron Rodgers throughout his career like completely ignored rookie receivers and he like hates them and he doesn't want to throw them the ball? I don't yes. know if like that's well, it's it's chicken and the egg because the Packers never take them high, so that the <laughs> right, receivers right, left sure. aren't the ones he wants to work with. Like I think he wanted, he said he wanted T. Higgins a couple of years ago. Well, kind of regardless, though, like even if they drafted whoever in the first round, like they also need somebody else. Like they don't have anybody. He's got no right choice. Now. He's got Sammy Watkins. I don't know. So anyway, I just wanted to throw out that oh, Darren Sammy, Waller. Sammy, I forgot about Sammy. I, I think Darren Waller might be a Packer by the end of the weekend. That's all I'm saying. Well, Is there Tom any... Pelissero, Tom Pelissero today said there's no chance it's happening. But well, um, there you go. Well, I don't know. I still think. I still think. I, th I still think there's a chance. <laughs> okay, so what other trades? You're saying there's a chance. What other yeah. trades do you think guys think could happen this weekend? Then I think the other big one to think about is whether or not the Saints are going to trade up. Whether or not that move with the Eagles was actually just because they wanted another mid first round pick, which seems bizarre, but also the Saints do bizarre things, or if it was like the first, you know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of deal, and they're going to trade up into the top ten and take a quarterback. Uh, you want to? You seen, think they take a quarterback or or a tackle, or a tackle potentially, which would be very saintsy, um, you know, to trade all this draft capital and then move up and not take a quarterback. Um, but I think I've seen actually Nate Tice was saying this uh, on the Athletic Show, and it kind of like resonated with me. He was like, as soon as you start to hear multiple people throughout the NFL saying, "Oh no, they just think that they're so close, they can take, they just want to take two guys in this draft and like have them be starters." Like Nate was like. 
that to me is like red flags that like this is what the Saints want you to believe and they're actually going to move up. It's like it's all galaxy brain stuff right now because you know, we're trying to guess what these teams are thinking. But the fact like multiple reports came out like right after this trade was that went down that like, oh no, the Saints just think that they're close and they want to take two starters. That's why they did this. Um, instead of trading all this draft capital, capital for an actual starter, why not just trade one of these guys for a freaking veteran that they know is going to be good? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that I could talk myself into either situ- situation. Um, and I think I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they do end up trading up. But with who? Because again, there's the there's Pan- so many teams. Every team wants to trade back in this draft. Are you kidding? <laughs> but if they want to every tackle, team in the top 10 wants to no, trade back. My point is just that if they want a tackle, mm-hmm. the Panthers and the Falcons are in their division and the Giants are there with two picks at five and seven, but they presumably also want to tackle. So do they have to go to four with the Jets? Like seriously, what do they do? I think the Falcons and Seahawks. I think the Falcons and Seahawks would both love to trade back. I think I think the Giants would trade back. Um, So maybe they do go with. I think Houston would potentially trade back. I think Detroit probably would trade back. There's a lot of teams that would trade back. I think. All right, so maybe they will. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. On their last episode, we talked about Solak. We wanted to build like the biggest possible parlay you could on FanDuel, <laughs> consisting of players that would go in the first round. You can't bet on everyone. Like obviously, Aiden Hutchinson is going to go in the first round, but Solak, have you had time to like delve into this? Um, like you say that as if I haven't made several of these already. Okay, I've been, <laughs> so, I've, I've been delving. <laughs> so tell me, I want to know about the mega parlay, and to be to give right. people an idea of it's not it's you can't put like thirty people in the parlay. I would say you can put like. Eight at most would be egregious. Yeah. So a very sad thing happened this morning. So forlorn music playing in the background. <laughs> the reason this was super fun was because FanDuel, which is the spot that lets you parlay these these top 32 picks, was hanging these lines for the guys that were clearly going to go round one. Trevor Penning was like minus 700. Trent McDuffie was minus 700. Traylon Burks was minus 500. And like those were ridiculous odds they weren't good but adding a leg to your parlay helps and those guys were 100 always going round one so it was great this morning they finally got wise <laughs> uh mcduffie went from minus 700 to minus 2100 which is a massive <laughs> leap penning went from minus 700 to minus 1100 burks went from minus 500 to minus 850 uh this was ruining my fun because it just means the payout <laughs> is not as fun as it used to be so the way that you do this, right? If you're in, on uh, FanDuel, you go to Draft Parlay Builder and you scroll down to top 32 picks. Uh, and then you can just go through the list and we just can start selecting some guys that we think are going to be round one picks. So if we start with McDuffie, Penning, and Burks, just uh, assume there. Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College. DK, probably going to be a first round pick, right? Very strong chance, yes. Yeah. I think that the, the, the Chargers at 17 make a lot of sense. Cowboys at 24, our team is going to take an, uh, an offensive lineman if Burks is available, so we'll take Zion Johnson at 300. He was a big senior bowl guy, too. Like, everyone seems to love this guy, so it seems very likely. Now, let's play the poll game we played on Danny's mock draft a couple uh, episodes a couple weeks ago. 
I'm just going to start listing the names going down the odds. When we get to a name that one of you three thinks is going to be a first-round pick, just go ahead and pull. So Devontae Wyatt, Kenyon Green. Wait, if I if we think they're not going to be, or if we, we think, think they, they are going to be a first-round pick? Well, DK's mock says Devontae Wyatt is. I think Wyatt is a 50-50. There's uh, some off-field stuff. He had a uh, family. So at minus 300, that's not a good price, right? 50-50, okay, no. we wouldn't I think that. Dax yeah. Hill is a first-rounder. Yeah, minus 200. He's been getting a ton of movement. He was like minus 110 a couple weeks ago. And just move, move, move. And so Dax Hill, safety corner out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's probably a first-round pick. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Mm. Andrew Booth, corner, Clemson. Desmond Ritter. De- Booth, Booth, has, Booth, Booth has the injury thing yes. that's hanging over his head. And I'm, then, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm letting Booth slide. I'm yelling pull on Ritter. I think Ritter's a first I agree. Ritter. I have Ritter in a ton of these. So this is already plus 344, so this is a three to one odds basically on this bar line. Yes. What about Kenyon Green? Did you guys discuss him? So nobody pulled on him. I think Green is likely to go round one. Me too. But he is the second, I, I would say consensus-wise, he is the second guard behind Zion, right? And we have Zion in there already. So we certainly can get Green at minus 250. This is where it gets tricky because we never really know what's going on with like injuries. But I did see, I think Daniel Jeremiah had this in a video segment the other day that there is some injury concern with Kenyon Green. So what about what about Sky Moore, the receiver? So yeah, we're, 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 we're going to get down to those guys. Trust oh, me, we're okay. getting there. All right, so Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. N'Kobe Dean, linebacker, Georgia. Boy Mafe, edge, Minnesota. Quay Walker, linebacker. Yes, uh, yes. I think Lions. I think Quay is going to be a first rounder. Nice. I said Quay Walker, linebacker, Lions, which is because <laughs> that's I think who I got gonna, him going to. I think the Lions love him, man. I think everybody knows the Lions love him at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's who I got him going to. Yeah, so Quay Walker, minus 135. He was like plus, he was Well, plus to your point, though, yeah. if the Lions trade out of that pick... To give it to a team with a quarterback, then they could probably they just could. go like seven picks back and take Quay Walker at like 40. Potentially. And his over-under was set at 40 and a half initially. It has since moved down a lot to the point where it's now like minus 31.5, minus 30.5. Right, so let's everybody Quay Walker Quay. in there. Yeah. Lewis Seen, safety, Georgia. It's your mm. guy. Mm. That's in DK's mock. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say yes on that. Yeah. All right. Arnold Abicady, Edge, Penn State. Yes, yes. Oh, I love this parlay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Kyler Gordon, corner, uh, uh, Washington. I don't feel as strongly about that one. He tested like shit. Tyler Smith, tackle, Tulsa. Ooh, that one's tough. Plus 100, 50-50. How are you feeling? Where are you leaning on that one? I would say yes. I think there's probably going to be more tackles taken than we think. Yes. Tackle, yeah. So, like, I, there's a clear top four tackles. Uh we expect three to go top 10. Penning is a potential at 16 to the Saints, 17 to the Chargers. We yeah. talked about nine to the Seahawks, 14 to the Ravens. You're going to tell me the entire back half goes to the first round with no more tackle picks? Tyler Smith could go to the Titans. He could go yeah. to, I mean, shoot, there's a lot of Cowboys. Teams yes, I could see that. I could see it. Let's do Tyler Smith. Yes. Tyler Smith. All right, so we now have 10. We've officially gone over the number <laughs> that yeah. FanDuel will allow us to include. That's okay. fine. Don't worry. We're going to remove some guys as okay. we get to the end of this thing. So we've now gone to plus money territory, okay? So Ooh. all of these guys are projected by the book less than 50% chance right. okay. to make it. So this is where it gets fun, Heifetz. Logan Hall, defensive tackle, Houston. Ooh, that one. Josh real- Pickens, wide receiver. Do, we, do you want Logan Hall, DK? it's tough. I really like Logan Hall, actually. Yeah, I could see him player. going to the Chiefs. Like, it would not surprise me if he's a Chiefs first-round pick. We also have 10 people, so we're pushing people out of the first round. <sighs> Logan Hall. How do you feel Logan Hall versus Lewis Seen? I would say Seen's more likely. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say that Hall's outs are very limited to the end of the 20s and into the 30s. Right. right. Just worrisome because somebody's going to fall out of the top 15, top 20 that we don't expect, right? Like yeah. that's what you're talking Chiefs, Bengals, 29, 30, and 31. So that's a tricky one. We can put them in there though because remember, we're going to take some guys out. Okay. All right. Logan Hall's in. George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. David Ojabo, edge, Michigan. Travis Jones, defensive tackle, UConn. Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. Roger McCreary, corner, Auburn. Uh, Sky Moore, receiver, Western Michigan. Ugh, this is where it gets tough. Kyer Elam, corner. Yes. Put him Florida. in there. Yeah. yeah. I like Plus Elam. 150. I think I he's like, going to be a first rounder. I think I put him in every one of my mocks so far. So, a lot yeah. of corners go in the last 10 or so picks. That's yeah. a very common thing that we see. Uh, Bernard Raymond, tackle, Central Michigan. So, we now have 12 names. We got to cut, I think, about four of them. I think eight is what they, they max out on, right? And so this is where you just start to look at your odds and you say, okay, well, what's what's the most fun? Like, yeah. all right, like, like uh, Trent McDuffie, Trevor Penning, Traylon Burks, Zion Johnson. These guys are all like, you know, like minus odds. We need them in the legs. That's fine. Yeah. Dax Hill minus 200. Ritter, Quay Walker, Lewis Seen, Arnold Abikady. I would honestly, I would cut Abikady at minus 115 because I think that's a little bit more of a toss-up. Okay. And then I think Logan Hall's got to go. Sorry, DK. No worries. Um, so we'll keep Tyler Smith and Kyrie Elam as some nice plus money guys. Keep things frisky. <laughs> um, Lewis Seen is flirted around 32.5 or over under. So I'm going to cut Lewis Seen. We'll still keep Quay Walker in there. We got to get rid of one more. Desmond Ritter. No. Yeah. no did, you yeah. cut, did you cut Penning and McDuffie? No, I said we're going to keep those. No, we you can, should we can cut. You should cut if McDuffie. If you cut them, I'm looking at this yeah. right now. I got Burke, yeah. Zion, Devontae Wyatt, Daxton Hill, Desmond Ritter, Quay Walker, yeah. Kyrie Elam, Tyler Smith. That's plus forty four hundred. So if you put down ten bucks, that would win four hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. So the yeah, and, and the one I did when I cut McDuffie is plus three uh, three five nine four. So if you put down ten dollars, you would get three hundred and fifty nine back. Love that. I'm a little bit worried about Quay Walker when you both are like, yeah, the Lions with the last pick of the first round will. That take could it. be the one that spoils all our fun. I'm ta- I'm cutting Qu- Quay Walker. Okay. And I'm gonna put back in McDuffie. Yeah. Officially, what 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 what's yours then? So uh, actually, I'm putting penning. In, so the one I got, I'm. Gonna I love Hyvitz hijacking this into his first round party. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm I'm keep track of him. You fine. guys, all right. Well, so like, what do you got then? So my eight are Penning, Traylon Burks, Zion Johnson, Dax Hill, Desmond Ritter, Quay Walker, Tyler Smith, and Kyrie Elam. Ten dollars down to win three hundred and sixty. Bang. Nice, nice. Hyvitz, what do you got? Uh, I, I try to figure out who the difference was between our two, and I couldn't actually do. It. I have Traylon Burks. Zion, Devontae Wyatt, Daxton Hill, Desmond Ritter, Kyrie Elam, Tyler Smith, and Trevor Penning. I didn't have Devontae Wyatt. Okay, that's $10 to win $270. So there you go. The Ritter one makes me a little nervous. Ritter's going round one. Yeah, that's the whole you point. Think so? Okay. Here's why Ritter's going round one. Yeah. Every team has a first round grade on him. <laughs> that's a good reason. Shout out Ben's work. Go to If you go to NFLDraft.thereo.com, and you click on the quarterbacks tab and you expand their tab. Selected oh all my this God. work. He charted every throw. We buried the lead. Every quarterback in the draft. Well, the good ones. Well, there's no good ones. The ones that don't <laughs> super suck. And yeah. it's incredible. You can break it down by accuracy and all this stuff. Check out what Solik did. Go to NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. DK's Mac mock is there, but also all Solik's work, which is unbelievable. Yeah, it's awesome. It's very, very cool. It like gives you this really... Um, visually pleasing way of like looking at where the quarterbacks are accurate, where they're inaccurate. Solak has his little blurb and, and um, that breaks down the entire analysis. It's extremely, extremely helpful. So thank you, Solak, for doing that, by the way. 
And sorry for having. I I essentially made him car, uh, chart Carson Strong, and he was upset with me. Um, so Where thank you exactly? for taking. I didn't the time. even check. Where'd you rank Strong? Is he like ninety nine? He Carson Strong is ninety six. Yeah. Which th- that, what that means is I didn't want him in the top one hundred, but DK felt bad that he had asked so pretty much. Yeah, pretty much to chart him, so he didn't want to put him there. <laughs> it reminds me when DK said, "I don't want to put Daniel Jones in my top one hundred. And uh, one of the editors at the Ringer told you he's going to go six to the Giants, DK. You have to put him in your top 100. He's like, I don't want to. So DK just put him at 100. <laughs> I, I was overly. <laughs> I, I came down a little hard on Daniel Jones. I've, I, I've. You were right. I'm, I'm more. I think I'm more open minded to quarterbacks than I was back then. Okay. All right. Let's get to two jargons that a lie. America's favorite segment. Solak, DK, who's got the two <laughs> jargons that a lie for today? I don't. Uh, I don't either. So oh, let's no, use. The, you let's, ran out. It's okay. Why don't you do random let's ones? Use fan, fan submissions. I have. I have a couple fan submissions too. So, all right. I, I, this one's from David. David sent an incredible one. David. David. The topic is. He says Ben is not allowed to answer this. It's Pokemon. Why is Ben? <laughs> oh. Are you? Do you know a lot about Pokemon? Yeah, buddy. You do. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows a lot. Sheepish. So uh, Craig and I don't know anything either. So uh, it's ma- magical. Well, wait, can Ben at least pronounce them for us? Yeah, Ben, can you read? Well, no, because if he, the one that's fake. Yeah, I guess well, Ben. He, yeah, he I trust him to do just a good job. Fits, do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will fake the pronunciation. So the real Pokemon. Two, jar, one, one, two of these Pokemon are real. One is fake. We've got Ma- Magsicle, M-A-G cycle at Magsicle. Okay. Blasophalon <laughs> and Gumshoes. <laughs> Blastophallon? Blastophallon? You think it's like Blacephalon? <laughs> Maybe it's Blacephalon. That actually is better. <laughs> Craig should have read him. Blacephalon? Solak's got a poker face. Combined versus combined. Ma- uh, wait, how, was it Magsicle? I'm, I'm just, I'm just laughing, at, laughing at... You think it's Blacephalon? <laughs> Blacephalon. Magcycle. Gum, I think Gumshoes is real. Gums shoes. I do I think too. Gum shoes is real, also because the spelling is not what you'd expect. I think uh, Blacephalon is fake. I think Magical is fake. I'm going. I'm going with Magical also being fake. <laughs> All right, Solak, which one's fake? So uh, Magical is fake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. let's go. And, let's go. And it is. It, it is pronounced Blacephalon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember no. how Hyphen said it in the beginning, but at first I was like, "This guy put two fake ones in there." And then Craig said, "You think it's pronounced Blacephalon?" And I was like, mm, Blacephalon." I think is how I yes. said it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. Um. I got one because, and I thought this was good because it's the start of the MLB season. And shout out Mariners. They're actually good, maybe. It's an actual Major League scout, Major League Baseball scout. Uh, he's a scout with the Cleveland Guardians. And, by the way, Westchester County. Shout out Heifetz. Um, All right. Two jargons and a lie baseball version. Number one, MapQuest Defender. Number two, Snapdragon. Wait, what did you just say? Snapdragon? Snapdragon. And number three, Velocity Pouch. Number one, velocity map- pouch. <laughs> yeah. These are crazy. Snack or like snack, like a food or snap, like a snap. S N A P. Snapdragon. Snap maybe dragon. maybe this guy really knows me, and he, and he knows that I'll figure this out. And this is where the lie is, and he knows I went to San Diego State, the SDSU football stadium that's getting built. That's going to be ready this season. It's going to be called Snapdragon Stadium. Mm. So maybe he's what? playing with me. Yeah, that's the. It's like a why. Some, why? It's some no, company. You're, yeah, some company sponsored it. Um, I was thinking Snapdragon, like I don't know, like a, like a pitch has snap on it or something. Or? Velocity pouch. 
<laughs> is that like a pitcher when they like do their wind up and they go into like their like where you would wear a fanny pack? It's like your core, like your source of your velocity. Yeah, yeah, that Maybe. feels right. What's the I, first I, I one like again? That. Map quest goes into velocity pouch. Map quest defender, snapdragon, velocity pouch. Map quest defender's got to be real because all these old ass baseball scouts were probably using map quest. <laughs> but map quest defender, what is that? That just means like we use map. We we use MapQuest to go everywhere, and also this guy can defend everywhere. Yeah, that, it's like a it's like a yeah. guy who can play outfield, infield, everywhere kind of vibe. But it makes sense because all these scouts are on the road everywhere, and the old ones are definitely using MapQuest and didn't know about the internet. Well, the old like, ones old are Google using Maps. a map, <laughs> <laughs> but they had to adapt, and they all like, every, they all use. There's like a very Quest. specific like period map. of time when MapQuest was relevant. I don't know if like maybe they came up with it in those eight that years. Is, it's a short window to coin a phrase. Okay, so what's your answer? I think Snapdragon's fake. I'm just going to stick with my saying thing. All right. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a Snapdragon would be. Garrett Cole, Snapdragon. I think that's fake. I'm going to go Snapdragon's fake, too. All right. So the fake term is MapQuest Defender. Oh! And his, so his explanation was that, I found that very it's a suspicious. bad defensive outfielder since he needs GPS to track the ball. Uh, that was his fake explanation for the fake term. Uh. Um, Snapdragon is a very good breaking ball, slider, or curveball. Snaps off. You, you snap that dragon off. That's how they say it. That's how that's how I know that Major League Baseball scouts say it. Uh, velocity pouch is a, also known as a velo pouch, um, and it's just used to describe an overweight pitcher. <laughs> they have a velocity <laughs> pouch. Oh, we came up with such a good explanation, and it it's was just Bartolo just Cologne. The paunch over the belt. How sad. <laughs> it's a velo. He's pouch. just thick. Oh my, oh my god. Uh, he also. Uh, Shoot, I should have had the. I don't. I didn't put the name down. Sorry, forever did this. Uh, thank you for sending this email in. Oh no, sorry, it's Matt. Thank you, Matt. Shout out, Matt. Matt. Thanks, Matt. Um, all right, Matt. He, he had a couple other great terms that I absolutely love. My favorite of all is a piss missile. Oh yeah, that. I mean, a that's piss, a, a p rod, if you as, will, as old as time. Piss missile. <laughs> piss missile. Uh, anyways, I thought that was fun. Um, he all also right. said, "Looks like Tarzan, but plays like Jane." Is a baseball term, also. Well, it's, it's probably some overlap. Okay. Shout out, Matt. Thank you for that email. Emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have questions throughout the draft. So our schedule, we're going to be doing a, a, a Spotify Live, which you can listen to at, at 3 Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern before the draft on Thursday. On Thursday. We're going to have a first round reaction going up as soon as the first round's over. So, I mean, you know, whenever late, 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 late Thursday night, like probably early, first thing Friday morning, and then reaction after the second, after day two on Friday, Saturday. I won't be here. I'm actually the best man at a wedding this weekend. Terrible timing. Flex. So I won't be on this Friday and Saturday shows. We'll be back this weekend. So check out, we have today's about emails, your questions. He could have just teams, said I have a wedding. Your picks. You know what I mean? <laughs> he could have just said I'm at a, a wedding. wedding. I <laughs> what? Huh. I think it's okay to be like, I'm the best man in a wedding. It kind of elevates wedding, your role, you makes it clear. Yeah. yeah. Like, I have three weddings that I'm going to in May, and I would miss two of them for the draft. You, you people who are getting married, you can figure out who you are. Oh, oh wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'd be going two to truths and a lie here. That's the real edition. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that if I just be like, yeah, I'm going to a wedding, and my bosses would be like, oh, okay, who's, who's the wedding? Like, I'm trying to, you know, make it clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. Greg. You would have asked me what you're missing the draft for. What anyway? So I'm mm-hmm. the best man. Uh, <laughs> the what was I saying? Okay, so check NFLDraft.thegrid.com. DK is going to have draft grades there. If it, you're listening to this before the draft, 
Mock draft, Solex quarterback charting is all there. Listen to this after the draft. Your team just took a quarterback. Check out Solex quarterback charting. Check out DK's draft grades. Check out this pod. And then we're covering it, you know, NFL show, everywhere else. So thank you everyone for listening. Shout out Matt for being a scout. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. Thank you, David. <laughs> Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for more two jargons and a lie. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Solek. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Lauren. 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 Thank you, Grizzly Bear. Grizzly Bear? I feel like I've listened to Grizzly Bear before. Yeah, you probably have. Grizzly Bear. I don't know who that is. I almost thought you said Grizz, DK, which is a DJ that you definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. Would not they're psych pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to Grizzly Bear. Grizzly before. Bear. I had a friend who I was, I played golf last weekend with a friend who just kind of like was teaching fly fishing in Alaska for a year. And he was telling me that he just was around 50 bears. And I'm like, what do you mean he's around mm-hmm. 50 bears? And he just pulls yeah, out man. this video, like, and it's just like, he's like, they're so full off the salmon. He's like, I hit one in the face. I slapped it in the face. And I was like, you're not afraid? He's like, no, they're full. They don't care. He's got a velo pouch in the bear. Oh. <laughs> good, yeah. good call. Man. I've listened to a couple of these albums. Good band. You guys still good. care about the band? Uh, listen, I never know what band DK is talking about. This feels great for me. Yeah, bask in it. Uh, by the way, Hyphens, there is a live bear cam in the Cat Night Peninsula, I believe. Oh, Fat Bear. Oh, it's only, yeah, Fat Bear season. It's so great. I think we missed you can it. just turn on the live cam and it's just bears chomping down on salmon. The bears the should charge ever. for that. No free content. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> only <Seriously>. bears. <laughs> oh, Fat Bear Week is truly an incredible week. <laughs> We're exploiting the bears. We, gotta, we have to end on only bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> only bears.